Hey everyone, welcome to Afterlife. This is your host, Pooja Chilukuri, and I'm really excited to introduce you all today to Melissa Denise. Melissa was born with pre-birth memories of divine light and spent her early years searching for answers within the framework of the Christian faith in which she was raised. At 19, she had a spiritually transformative experience in which she awakened into a direct encounter of the love, light, and bliss that she remembered from before. Now, Melissa has made it her life's mission to share divine love with others in a way that is easy to understand and experience. She shares her own teachings and interviews other spiritual experiencers and conscious influencers on her YouTube channel. Love Covered Life podcast. Her joy is to help people know and experience that God is love and that God is within them. Welcome to the show, Melissa. I'm so excited that I get to interview you today. Pooja, thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here and I'm so excited to have another conversation with you as, as we we just um, did an interview on my channel where I interviewed you about your experiences, and I loved talking with you about that. Thank you, Melissa. I feel like there's some kind of a synchronicity or, you know, this is the right time in my life. I feel like I've connected with you so well. And your channel has been such a blessing to me. I've been binge watching your videos for over a year now. So thank you for being on this show. And I know you have some really beautiful experiences that I don't want to, you know, waste any more time. I want to dive right into it. Um, would you share some of your um, experiences, especially beginning with your pre-birth memories? I would love to. And thank you so much for your kind words about my channel. I appreciate the feedback. But I'll start at the beginning. So when I was very young, and I'm estimating this was under the age of two. I obviously I don't know exactly what age it was. Now, I just remember being young enough that I wasn't, I hadn't fully developed the, the uh, higher level brain processes or the ego mind or whatever you want to call it that fully like hooks you into this world. And I still had memories of another place. And of course, I did not understand what those memories were. I remember um, another place that was, to us in this world, would just seem like, oh, you know, way too good to be true. Nobody's going to take it seriously. And that's what happened when I would try to um, share these memories so it was just like this other world that was completely made of light and the light behaved like steam. And it's like everything was made of this light and there were no hard boundaries. So one thing would flow into the other thing mm -hmm. and it was all connected. And the light was all these really beautiful feelings like love and joy and peace and this deep security and innocence, complete innocence. And I remember being in this place and I felt like I was a young soul, like a child or um, a baby, like almost like I was in a nursery. And there was these other beings that were more advanced than I was that maybe we would refer to as angels or guides in the new age community or the Christian community. But I just remember feeling like 
they are bigger expressions of light and love than I am. And they felt so comforting, like a comfort that you can't even describe in this world. It's like the comfort of being a little baby completely wrapped up in your mother's arms without a care in the world. And that's what this felt like. And I do have memory of Jesus coming to visit us in a place like that. And I remember that he was just so full of joy. Like he was the being that was highest in joy and he was constantly laughing and joking around and having fun with us. But And he was also teaching us. Of course, I don't remember most of the details of what that was. I just remember how he looked and how he felt and he was completely made of light and everything was light. I was light and the place that I was in was light and the light from him was flowing into the light of me, my being, and I could feel his joy and his laughter. And I just remember feeling so innocent and so free. And so I I remember this realm and I had glimpses of memories into what this was like. And I very quickly began to suppress it because I found that an idea of a place where everything is just perfect and love and light is just laughed at and people would make fun of it and say, oh, you're looking through rose colored glasses. You're, you're naive. You're not being realistic. And so, and, and then, so coming from that into this world was really, really challenging because this world, there's harsh boundaries and edges and you feel separate and cut off and you can't communicate through feeling and thought. Nobody actually knows how you feel or how they're making you feel. And so they don't respond to your needs instantly like what would happen in the other realm. Um, Another memory that I have that is the most powerful memory that hasn't left me um, because I did suppress some of those other memories for a while is the memory of being in the light. And I don't have a time frame to put this in. Like first I was here and then I went to the light and then I left or anything like that. It's just this memory of being in the light and what it felt like to experience the light. And it is completely beyond words, but the best way I can describe it is that it is It's love like we can't even begin to describe. It's like a consuming, fiery love. And it's a completely magnetic presence. And it completely captivates your presence to where you're in the light. You have no knowledge or memory of anything outside the light anymore. The light just consumes everything. And within the light, it is impossible to describe because it is so multidimensional, but it's like it contains everything. It contains music and geometry and dimensions and laughter. It's like the light is all these things. The light is the love. It is the joy. It is complete safety and security. It is math and music and laughter. It's like the the light is a voice or voices, multitude of voices that is singing. And if you could translate the words, it would be, we are so in love with us, or it's like, it's Mm -hmm. I am, but I am is experiencing itself. So we are, and what we are is we are love and we love everything. We love you. We So come experience love with us. And that's what this entire physical world is about in my opinion now, but 
again, it's so hard to describe, but it's like you're in the light and it's infinity and it's there's all of these things to experience and explore that you could never get bored if you were in the light for all of eternity. Mm-hmm. But as we know, we can't, can't stay there forever. All of us have to come <laughs> yeah. leave at some point. And so at some point I left and came here and this memory of this complete satisfaction and safety and security of being in the light never left me. And feel free to stop me if I'm going off track or you have any. No, no, you're not. It's perfect. Yeah. Okay. So I was born and raised in the Christian faith and I was taught about God for a young age. And so what happened to me is I thought, okay, God is what I'm remembering. And everybody has this memory and this knowledge of what it's like to be in Mm -hmm. God's presence. Mm -hmm. And so I spent my entire childhood and teenage years seeking God within the Christian religion and totally believing that there was some way I could experience that bliss again. Mm. And so my entire life was about how can I experience that bliss? And I would read stories in the Bible about how Moses talked to the burning bush Mm -hmm. or about how somebody climbed up on Mount Horeb and saw God. And I was completely captivated by these stories and it was my life's mission that I was going to have a burning bush experience and I did a lot of crazy things as a teenager when these experiences were not happening I would go out in weather I would go out in blizzards and thunderstorms I did all kinds of crazy things to try to stimulate an experience and it just was not happening (laughs) And I was depressed. Um, I was very depressed just dealing with the hardships of life, which I won't get too much into that right now. But eventually, when I was about the age of 18 or 19, something did finally happen. (laughs) And it happened very spontaneously. A lot of people ask me, well, what led up to this happening? And is there a way that I could stimulate an experience like this? I didn't do anything except for praying the same prayer that I prayed every single night for years, which is please let me experience your presence because I'm miserable in this life. And I can't explain why it happened that night and not all the others, but for some reason it did. So I was laying in my bed. My eyes were closed, but I was very much awake. And all of a sudden I was in another dimension and I experienced myself as still being inside my body, but suddenly I was floating in this ocean of love. And I instantly recognized it as the love that I experienced from my pre-birth memories. And it was like time just stood still. And I was this magnetic presence, again, completely captivated my entire consciousness. And I was ready to stay there forever. Like I did not ever want to leave. So I felt like, waves of love were just washing over me and through me and within a few seconds had completely wiped away all of my earthly sorrows and I said to it where have you been my entire life I have been looking for you my entire life and you are finally here and I was just so I was just soaking in this love and I I felt like time had stopped I don't know how long this went on but I'll try to describe it. So it felt like I was in the arms of my eternal mother 
or in the womb of my eternal mother in the arms of my eternal father. It was like this masculine and feminine side of God. It was all the loves that you can experience in this world multiplied by a million. And it also felt like I was just sinking into the heart of the universe, the safety and security. Mm -hmm. There are just no words to, to try to describe what that feels like, but it's like this instant knowledge that all the things I was taught in the church about God are wrong. Mm -hmm. And the thought that somebody could be eternally lost is just laughable in the face of that enormous love. Yes. And so I was floating in this love. I was just ready to stay there forever. Didn't ever want to leave completely disconnected from my life. And then at some point, my consciousness began to expand out of my head. That's how it felt. Mm -hmm. And I no longer perceived myself to be in my room or in my body, but I was out somewhere in the universe and the presence was still with me. And I had an experience that near-death experiencers call ultimate knowledge where I realized I could have the answers to any questions that I could ask. And so I began asking questions. And as soon as I would think of a question in my mind, I would receive this massive download of information that would not only answer that question, but answer how that question fit in with everything else in the universe. And that sounds like such an exaggeration, but that is what happened. And so I would get all of these answers and then I would formulate new questions and I would get all the answers to those questions and how that fit in with everything else in the universe. And I, this happened at what felt like the speed of light. So it was happening like this fast. I had expanded to encompass what felt like the entire universe. And it felt like everything in the universe was happening inside of me. Wow. I was still me, but I encompassed everything and I knew everything that there was to know. And so on the one hand, time, time is different there. So on the one hand, this all happened so fast, but on the other hand, I was having all of these, seeing all of these things while I was expanding and a couple of them I remember. So one thing that I saw, and this was, um, when I first began to expand was that so I like to use the analogy of flying in an airplane on a cloudy day so if you've ever flown in an airplane on a cloudy day it's really dark and dismal below the clouds but once you break through those clouds all of a sudden it's brilliant your eyes have to adjust it's like the sun is shining so brightly And you can look down and you can see the clouds. Mm -hmm. So when I expanded out of my body, this is what it felt like. It was like I was rising up above the storm clouds of this life Mm -hmm. and awakening from a dream into reality. And when I opened my eyes in that brilliant reality, all of my, um, I guess what we would call angels or guides were there. And I had this realization that, oh, I'm not alone. You've been with me the whole time. This whole thing was planned. I haven't done anything wrong. There's nothing that I can do to feel guilty or ashamed or to deserve judgment. There's no judgment awaiting me. There's nothing that I can do to make God angry or upset or disappointed. 
My life is proceeding exactly as it was supposed to. And they are proud of me and they are supporting me and they've been with me every step of the way. And then I look down where the storm clouds should have been and there was nothing there. All I could see is that the earth was completely made of brilliant light. The same brilliant light that I was experiencing in this other place. And what I was shown is that down here on earth, we are very limited in our perception mm -hmm. and we're stumbling around like toddlers trying to figure things out. And we're not only is the earth made of light, but we are all made of that same brilliant light. And that light is the arms of God holding us. It is the love of God holding us. And we can't get away from that no matter what we do. And from God's perspective or from source's perspective, I'm using the word God because I was raised as a Christian. And, mm -hmm. and these are the insights that I was given to my Christian brain at the time is that there's nothing that we can do to surprise God. He's like a happy, jolly grandfather looking mm -hmm. down on us and laughing at our mistakes and um, just letting us find our path and guiding us on our way. And everything is okay. We are all held. We are all okay. We're all on our path. Um, our mistakes are like the stumblings of a toddler to God. And nothing is as serious as we seem to think it is down here. So that was the first thing I was shown. The next thing that I remember seeing is that I looked down, and this is going to sound really cheesy, but I saw the what I was told was the cosmic master plan of God. And maybe that's because in the church, I was taught that God is in control of everything and God has a plan and he's working things out for the good of everybody who loves him. Well, what I was shown is that God is working things out for the good of everyone and everything, no matter what path they choose to follow. And that this plan is made of love. It is absolute perfection. And so all the things that we judge as wrong or bad down here will ultimately be weaved into the perfect plan uh -huh. and that all choices ultimately lead back to God or ultimately lead back to love because even a choice against love will lead towards an experience of contrast, which will ultimately bring somebody back. And some of this is definitely beyond our comprehension. And I, I understand that that's not a very good answer mm -hmm. that used to frustrate me in the church when people would say, well, it's just beyond our ability to understand. But the fact is that these things are existing in higher dimensions and higher densities. And we can't, our human brain can't fully grasp all of it. Mm -hmm. um, so I was showing that this is so far beyond our ability to understand here, but yet it is all working out for perfection. Um, so as I'm expanding and I'm seeing these things, I finally reached the point where I'm as expanded as I can get. And at that point, I saw the key to life. I do not remember what that is. I'm sorry. I, I wish that I did, but I saw the key to life and I thought to myself, oh, wow. It's so simple. Like I laughed at myself. How could I have forgotten this? How, how do we not know this? And then at that point, I began contracting back into my head. And 
I felt like my consciousness was a balloon losing air and all of this information that I had seen just like floated right out of me as my consciousness contracted back into my head because it just couldn't hold on to all of that anymore. And I also, um, another thing I want to mention is that I heard music this entire time. It's like this experience was music, like this music was narrating the experience in a sense. And I specifically heard it really clearly when I came, when I was coming back in. So I came back in, I snapped back into place in my head. And that was my my first moment of my ego self-awareness coming back on and saying, oh, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. And so I felt this, the love, the love was still with me that whole night when I woke up in the morning, it was gone, but I felt this warm glow around me for the next couple of days. And then ultimately that faded too. So that's what I remember from my experience. Oh my goodness, Melissa, I'm listening to you. And I don't know if you heard me. All I could say was, wow, wow. Like I, I was speechless the whole time. <laughs> Normally I would interrupt you, ask you questions, but I just was uh, you've just taken my breath away. Um, so I need to take a breath because there are so many things you touched upon that I think we could talk about. Um, you know, one thing that I started uh, smiling when you started narrating, you talked about Jesus laughing. Do you know how many pictures and photos and even in movies, you know, he's been portrayed as so grim and serious. Yes. So when you say that, that makes my heart sing. Because I cannot imagine any anything less, you know, joy and laughter. And then you mentioned music and math. And so many of us don't like math, but apparently the universe loves it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and also, you know, um, I feel like there's so much to unpack from your story. I um, So many people can be so blessed because I know there's so many of us dealing with, you know, um, I was distorted views of God, fear of God. There's a kind of a toxic guilt and toxic shame and, you know, being told about reward and punishment or there's just so much out there that people are dealing with. So I really feel blessed that I got to interview you and learn, you know, that we are loved so deeply. And sometimes I feel like a lot of our struggles here, you know, even though I a lot of mental health challenges, even though I know from being a practitioner that we can have chemical deficiencies that truly create, you know, um, depression and things like that. But I feel like there's a lot of hunger and thirst on this planet. I see it with teenagers. I see it with people that I think they are understanding and realizing there's just so much more to life. It, that's why I love your story and I love your channel um, and all of the people that you interview and their stories. So one of the questions that I do have for you is, I know if I had an experience like that, it would be really hard for me to live in this world. My head would want to be there all the time. Do you find it yes. difficult to adjust and fit in? Because you've, you haven't just learned about something, you've experienced it. Hmm. So does it? Does that interfere in your um, life here? It did. And I think you're the first person that asked me that question. But yes, it did for several years following. 
when when I came back from that experience, I I was pretty obsessed before with having a spiritual experience. Afterwards, that multiplied by like 10 times because I had experienced that love for the first time in this life. And I was all the more determined that I was going to have another experience. And my entire life became about chasing spiritual experiences. And it was very unhealthy for me. I didn't understand at the time that had a spiritual experience, as beautiful as it is, is not the point of this life. The Because what you're doing is you're looking for an experience outside of yourself. Because I thought, oh, I have to go to a church service, or I have to get in the right group of people, or I have to be in the right place at the right time, and it will stimulate another experience. So for several years, I just became a what I call a spiritual experience junkie. And I wasn't really grounded into this life. I was completely focused on how am I going to have another, how am I going to feel that bliss again? And it affected me to the point because I never had, I mean, I had experiences in my church. I had physical healings. I saw a lot of supernatural things, but nothing to that extent. And finally I got to the point where I just shut it all down because I was exhausted. I was disillusioned. And I thought maybe none of this is true. Maybe really, maybe I just put all of that behind me and move on and just become logical and like grounded in the physical world and forget all that spiritual stuff. And of course that led to a really, that was the worst decision I could have made. It led to my life completely falling apart and forcing me to open up my spiritual connection. And eventually years later, realizing that that thing that we're searching for, that bliss and that love and that connection that's us we are that we yeah. can only find it within ourselves yes I it's like is there a verse I remembered it popped in it's something about the kingdom of God being within us right it's not outside it's inside as profound Melissa and you said something very profound I'm trying to repeat it so that I I, I don't let me misquote you. So correct me if I'm not saying it the right way. You said something about everything eventually holding back and returning to God, even the choices that we make that are not love. You said something very profound there. Um, am I on the right track? Something about, because then the experience of not love somehow leads us back to it. Yes. Yes. So yeah, you you said that so beautifully. So as I understand it now, the way that this physical universe is set up is so that we can experience contrast or we can experience what is the opposite of our true nature. And so if you're making a choice between, let's say, love and hatred, you can either choose love or you can choose to hate, but that hatred will make you so miserable that ultimately down the road, whether in this life or the next, it drives you to seek the the peace. It drives you to seek peace. It drives you to forgive. It drives you to learn the lessons that you need to learn in order to experience love. And that isn't necessarily something to be judged if someone makes that choice because they will experience a deeper contrast and 
in that way have a greater understanding and appreciation for love when they finally experience it. You know what? That actually reminds me of something I read. It's by the Franciscan priest, Father Richard Rohr. Oh, I love him. Yes, me too. See, that's another thing we have in common. Um, And I think he said something one time, um, or I remember reading it, that God's judgment, and I say the word judgment in quotes, um, it's not retributive, it's restorative. Mm -hmm. And what you experienced and what you're describing sounds very much like that to me. You know, so, yeah, that's a very beautiful. You've had Melissa, I can't even imagine what it would have been like if you brought back all of your memories and the, and everything, right? Like that's so, I mean, even just to unpack this, what you've just described and just to process it is going to take mm-hmm. some time, you know? Um, and I just wondered sometimes, do you think it's a blessing that we forget? Because I, like, I, I feel like if we don't forget fully, sometimes how could we even live in this life, you know? Because it's such a contrast. It really is. I I do think in some ways it is a blessing that we forget because I think if, well, obviously if we all had our memories of before, then it might not be so bad because then yeah. we would be creating a beautiful utopia here. Yes. But at the same time, we wouldn't have the opportunity to learn the lessons from contrast or to do the very unique thing that we're doing here. Mm-hmm. But for But for just a few people to have memories when other people don't can be difficult in some ways because Mm -hmm. it's really hard to get grounded in this life and to care about the things that society cares about or whatever. And I mean, I guess that could be a blessing or a curse. It's it's not a right or a wrong, but there can be challenges. But on the other side of that, people who don't have memories, there's challenges for them as well. If they don't have memories or experiences, it's easy for them to think, well, why why didn't I get one? Is there something wrong with me that I don't have those memories? Mm -hmm. So I think there can be difficulties on both sides. I think you're right, Melissa. And I also, you know, feel like it's a very special, um, when you have a gift like that, it's a special responsibility that comes with it, I guess, That's you know, from Spider-Man, true. right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I appreciate you sharing that gift. I know that's partly why you started your channel, but I would like to learn the story behind that. Oh, Are sure. You, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for asking. So the reason behind my channel has evolved with me. Um, When I first began my channel, it was because I had reached a point in my life where I could not not talk about these experiences. Mm -hmm. As I'm sure you understand with your experience in religion, people don't want to listen. And I don't mean people in general, but if you're involved in a fundamentalist branch of Christianity, then people don't take it seriously. And I didn't, and this isn't to talk negatively about anybody, but I didn't have anybody in my life that I could really share these things with. There were a couple people, um, but for the most part, I felt really alone in my experiences and as the years went by, it just got to the point where I had to talk about it. 
it it was I was going to talk about it one way or another it's like if you're an artist if you're a creative person then you know how it is when you get an inspiration it's coming out it's going to express itself and that's what it felt like and since I didn't have anyone in my life to talk to about it I went to YouTube and I said, there has to be other people out here yes. somewhere in the world who are interested in this topic. <laughs> and sure enough, there were a lot of them. And yeah. so my channel started to grow pretty quickly. And I was getting a lot of interaction from people, specifically in the deconstructing Christian community. Mm -hmm. And I realized there's really a need here. There are so many people who feel so alone. Yes. And so I went through about two years where I was really making content directed towards deconstructing Christians. And and my goal was to just um, help to fill that gap a little bit and just um, encourage people, make people feel less lonely. And then when I moved through the deconstruction phase myself, I just, I didn't feel like that really fit anymore. I felt like it was almost a little bit too negative towards religion. And it was maybe causing a rift between the new age and religious communities more than I wanted it to. So at that point, I moved on to focusing on um, near-death experiences and interviewing other people who have had experiences and trying to create a community of people where um, we can make this normalize this a little more and allow people to get their stories out there and that's been the past I don't know year or two yeah. and and now I'm almost um, venturing into another um, phase of my journey with YouTube which is that I want to open it up to more topics because my passion right now is really to actually live out the message of the near-death experience, which is that we need to create, learn how to live in love on the earth and create a peaceful and harmonious world. And so I'm wanting to branch out into topics that can address a, a wider range of issues, but I really just want to do my part mm -hmm. to help uh, humanity's evolution and to spread as much love and light as I can while I'm here. Well, you are very, very brave because when I found your channel and I started watching some of the videos and some of the ones where you're teaching, you're very brave. And I think you do such a good job of just explaining so well. And even for those of us who were, you know, uh, in the fundamentalist Christian faith, you uh, do such a great job, Melissa, of explaining the Bible from a very different points of view, you know, and also the research that you've done. It's very evident. So thank you for everything that you do. I want to include all your links and everywhere that people can find you. Um, and, you know, I highly encourage anyone that's watching this or listening to join your community, because I know what that's done for me. And so I'm going to have all of those links in the show notes and in the descriptions, uh, but I'm not done yet because I feel like I have so many questions. Uh, can I ask you one last question or of maybe course. two, just two yeah, really quick. Um, so one of the questions that I've had uh, from, um, I think it may have been a video that I watched on your channel. Mm -hmm. uh, it Will you described one of your experiences? Was it? something with an angel with a light sword and the way that they were fighting wasn't the way that we're used to thinking about it. Can you comment on that? 
Yes, I know what you're talking about. And this is one of those things. I'm not sure if it was a pre-birth memory or if it was just a, a download that I received. Um, sometimes it's hard for me to tell with because yeah. it's just like this glimpse of something that I remember. But I did see that angels, what we would call angels, are these magnificent multidimensional beings of light. They don't have a human form. They're made up of light and color. And the reason why I thought this was a pre-birth memory is because I felt like a child when I was being shown this and it was being explained to me like a child. And I was being shown that this being of light, this angel is holding a sword, but it doesn't use its sword for destruction. It the job of the angel is to fight evil, but not through violence, to mm. overcome evil through good. So what the angels are doing in the earth is anything that they can do to bring love to any situation, whether that is softening somebody's heart or healing somebody's heart or healing a rift between family members or bringing joy to a home and that's how they fight evil with their swords of light and that's what I was shown that's that. absolutely amazing I didn't want us to miss talking about it because when I first heard you say that that really that really resonated deeply with me thank you Melissa I won't keep you very long I have one last question oh, you're talked... fine <laughs> I could talk to you forever <laughs> um I have one last question though I know we talked a lot and you know you shared some insights very very profound I need some time to process and unpack all of this uh, to those of you who are listening you know I hope this has been an encouragement but do you have any other words for us, any other words of insight that you want to leave us with? Mm, yes, I would love to. So my biggest um, message, I guess, is that it is all about love. And so there's so many ways that this can be applied to your life that I've experimented with over the years. And it's so simple, but there's so many simple things that you can do to make your life about love, to tap into that purpose and to really live a fulfilled and, and happy and purpose-driven life. And the first simple thing that you can do is just make every decision about love. Just as you're going throughout your day, whatever situation faces you, just think to yourself, the only thing that matters here is that I face this with love. What's the most loving decision that I can make in this situation. And that can help to take the pressure off about worrying about getting things perfect, or if so-and-so is going to understand, just make it about love and let the rest go. And don't judge yourself or others. Just make everything about love. The second thing I can suggest is to practice gratitude. Mm -hmm. And that another simple thing but as you're going throughout your day no matter what challenge you face or what situation you face reframe it in your mind to see something good about it uh -huh. and then at the end of the day you will feel like you you're just surrounded by blessings because you have so many good things in your life uh -huh. 
Another thing I could suggest is to practice surrendering. Mm. So as you're going through your day, no matter what you face, just practice surrendering, just letting go of any worries that you have, surrendering into the flow of life, accepting that whatever is for your highest good is what's happening now. Um, so those are just three really simple things. My suggestion would be pick one, just pick one and focus on it. And it will really help um, you to grow spiritually through any challenges that you may have and really um, help you to reach a new state of consciousness to live from. Thank you so much, Melissa. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. It really has. And, you know, my favorite one, all, all everything you said is gratitude. I feel like I need to practice that more often. Thank you for that reminder. Thank you. Thank you very much. And once again, to those who are watching or listening, I'll have all the ways that you can connect with Melissa. I'll have that in the show notes. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much, Pooja. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for being brave to share your experiences. And thank you for all the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you, Melissa. <laughs> Bye.